Hey listeners, are you looking for something to do on your Thursday nights? Before the best wrestling and sports podcast drops on Friday mornings? Then go check out Winnipeggers with wrestling star Chris Jericho and his two buddies as they cut it up. Talk about old times and all kinds of cool stuff. I guarantee you laugh, promise. Hey, and also, you're listening to the E's and B's podcast, baby. Good morning, all you wrestling and sports fans. This is the E's and B's, the bacon and eggs of pro wrestling sports podcast. And I'm your host, Eddie B. Welcome back. Happy Friday. Glad to have you back on this beautiful Friday, two days before the Daytona 500. But more importantly, you better have your gifts out there, folks, two days before Valentine's Day. That's right. Today, we're going to have some wrestling and some racing on the E's and B's podcast. I hope you got your silverware and your napkins ready because we got a big breakfast coming at you. You're listening to the E's and B's Podcast. Sunny side up. I'm your host, Eddie B here. Let's get right to it, folks. This week we got a lot of cool things to talk about, including the Super Bowl that went just down last Sunday. What a game it was for all of you Tampa Bay fans out there. Congratulations as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers destroy the Kansas City Chiefs 31 to 9. You know, we were expecting a lot better game here in the E's and B's household, that's for sure. Split decisions on both teams, one going for one, one going for the other. And obviously, uh, I come up on top with uh, the Tampa Bay getting the win on on, uh, Sunday. But just a few side notes, Tom Brady collecting his fourth MVP and his seventh Super Bowl ring. This guy's 43 years old, folks. He's running the show. You know, now switching to the NFC uh, after all those years up there in Patriot Land, PU, and uh, AFC dominating. Now he switched to the NFC and, uh, you know, after the game spoke and said he's not leaving. He's coming back to run it back next year. We'll have to wait and see if they keep that game or that, excuse me, that team together. It'll be interesting um, to see if they can afford to do that in the offseason. Other side notes, you know, just a, a great game for the the Tampa Bay defense, you know, 
Shaq Barrett, CSU graduate. He played a heck of a game along with Davis, uh, Pierre Paul, Sue. Man, they just they shut him down, folks. Um, the note of the week was Patrick Mahomes running for 497 scrimmage yards while being chased by the defense. That's amazing. He also made a couple throws that I, I'm not sure how he even pulled it off, folks. He was throwing from a diving position, maybe eyes closed. Who knows? Crazy stuff. But anyhow, that's going to wrap up the NFL for the 2020-2021 season. Uh, it was a good one. I can't wait to get it started. We'll talk about it here going forward in a few months. But the last few notes I'm going to talk that we uh, ran into this week, obviously still some trade and free agent talk going on. The big talk, obviously, the Wentz maybe going to the Bears. We'll keep our eye on that. Obviously, uh, we know that Watson, once out of Houston, he's still stuck in Houston, folks. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I can't wait to see how that turns out. Like I said, fingers crossed that he does not land in my Miami Dolphins organization. Other other news, folks. We got Dak Prescott not happy. Uh, they're not getting nothing done on his contract. So, stalemate in cowgirl land. We'll see what happens with Dak Prescott going into this offseason. I know he'd be a good fit here in Bronco country, but uh, we'll see what happens with his future. Also, uh, another thing that broke late this week, Russell Wilson coming out on the Dan Patrick Show and kind of expressing his uh, not very happy with the Seattle Seahawks and, and how things are going there. You know, he's the most hit and sacked quarterback right now in the game and it's kind of hard to believe with all the success he's had you know he's been uh nfc playoffs i think eight eight times or something crazy like that so you know he's a you know, they need to put somebody around him and support him because if he leaves seattle that that franchise i'm sorry the doors might shut anyhow that's all the nfl news i got for this week we'll keep things rolling here on the sunny side up we also want to talk about pga golf yeah that's right it's in action we talked last week about the uh, things that happened there in the Open. All, uh, this week, we want to talk about what happened at the Waste Management Open. Going into Sunday, Brooks Kepka was down five shots, folks. And uh, I know Friday night when I was looking at the old ticker, I thought about putting a few bucks on him. I just had a weird feeling. And believe it or not, he comes back on Sunday and wins this thing at shooting a... 19 under, five strokes down to begin the day. Heroic comeback for Brooks Kepka. Congratulations to him. Uh, this week we got the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am going down. A lot of, of celebrities will be there, including Bill Murray, so keep your eyes on that. We'll talk maybe just a hair about that next week as it's not really a bigger golf show. It's more of a celebrity deal. But there are uh, FedEx points involved. Uh, keeping things rolling, let's jump into the top 10 NCAA this week, folks. A lot of changing going on. Some teams winning, some teams losing. Let's start at number 10, Missouri at 13-3. and three. Welcome to the top 10. Number 9, Virginia, 13-3. and three. Number 8, 16-2, Houston. At number 7, it's 14-5, and five, Texas Tech. Number six, it's the 13 and 5 Illinois. Number five, it's 12 and 2 Villanova. Number four, it's 15 and 4 Ohio State. At number three, the 13 and 1 Michigan Wolverines. At two, again this week, at 17 and 0, still unbeaten, it's Baylor. 
And holding down the one spot again this week, keeping things undefeated, Gonzaga at 18 and 0. You know, I'm not sure if those two teams are going to get beat, folks. I, I can't wait to see how this thing shakes out for March. We're getting closer and closer, just a couple weeks away. You know, the conference tournaments will be kicking off. We'll see who's in, who's out. We'll also see who's the last four in and who's on the bubble for the big tournament going down in March. Here's some more notables, guys. Iowa knocked out of the top ten as IU sweeps them, baby. Go Hoosiers. That's right. They sweep them this year. And uh, also still not in your top 25, folks. Duke, Kentucky, and North Carolina. That's the NCAA talk for this week, folks. We're going to jump right into what everybody's here for, folks. That's the wrestling. Yes, all five brands. We're going to go over what happened in the last week and this week. Talk a little bit about each matches. Also, we'll talk a little bit about what's going down on Sunday at NXT TakeOver Vengeance. And later on in Scrambled, folks, we're going to predict what's going down Saturday night at Impact No Surrender. We'll make our predictions but let's jump right into what happened last Friday at SmackDown. You know, it started out with uh, Roman demanding Edge to tell him who he's choosing. Since he, you know, Edge won the Royal Rumble just a couple weeks back, he now needs to choose who he's going to face at, at WrestleMania. He's now visited all three brands. And, you know, Roman here on this night started out by pretty much telling him he needs the decision by the end of the night and Edge. You know, he didn't bat an eye. He walked away from the situation, and you know, it was a great way to start. Let's run through some of the matches. We had Dominic with Rey Mysterio getting the win over Baron Corbin. Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, yet again another banger, folks. If you haven't seen it, go back, check it out. Cesaro getting the win by submission. Just a great match. Um, We had Bailey getting a big win over Ruby Riot. Of course, Billy Kay once again for the fourth or fifth time sticking her nose in where don't belong, you know, distracting. Liv trying to help out, getting Billy Kay out of this situation, but still, just too much distraction for the Riot Squad to be pulling off the victory. Bailey gets the win. After that, we had Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode getting a pretty decent win over Otis and Chad Gable. My man Otis, he just can't seem to uh, pick up any solid wins ever since some things have changed, you know, and they've changed his uh, outlook for him. I really wish they would get him into singles matches. You know, Otis, a great talent. Right out of Rocky Mountain Pro here in Denver, Colorado. As you know, I I have a lot of their talent on my show interviewing, telling about where they come from, how they got their start, who's some of their favorite things, and what their future holds. But uh, yeah, Otis, just uh, I hope he gets separated out of this little short tag run and, and keeps things moving. After that, we had an intercontinental triple threat match. And this this little uh, feud had been brewing and... and been battling now for several weeks. Big E gets a huge win over Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn. Sami not eligible to pull off any of his antics. You know, Big E is just looking great, you know, every week in, week out. So, pretty decent triple threat match. If you haven't seen it, go back and check it out. Then we had a little short video package of the Messiah. Yeah, well... Here's my thoughts, folks. I was really hoping once he was taking this little time off, when he came back, it would be a different Seth Rollins. I was kind of burnt out on the Messiah gimmick, and obviously they they kept kept this gimmick rolling, and you know it just uh, 
I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I, I've read reports on like they don't have nothing for Buddy Murphy to do now, and you know, even with Seth Mur- Seth Rollins coming back, just I don't know. We'll we'll keep a close eye on it. I was really intrigued with the the uh, Mysterio's daughter and, and Buddy Murphy kind of storyline, but I think that's stalled out, and it's stalled out with Baron Corbin, which is pathetic in my opinion. But we'll see what they got in store going towards the WrestleMania. Hopefully, some things change. After that, we had Edge for the end of the night having his confrontation with Roman. And, of course, Roman, you know, making it known that he didn't have to worry about Paul Heyman jumping him. Because Edge making the comment, you had to bring those two, you know, as backup or help or whatever. It it was kind of comical. Go back, check it out. Pretty pretty, uh, dry humor from Edge, if you might say. But all in all, it broke down to like this where Edge kind of had his full attention, and that's Roman, I mean, and out of nowhere, here comes Kevin Owens, snuck out, boom, kicks him right in the nuts, and that's how we end the night. So, still no answer from Edge, but that's how SmackDown went down last Friday. If you didn't see it, go check it out. We'll obviously be keeping an eye on SmackDown going down tonight, as some of these stories are ramping up, like I said, for WrestleMania, which we're only just a few weeks away. So after that, folks, we'll move right into Monday Night Raw. And Monday Night Raw started out with Adam Pierce and uh, a new guy. No, I shouldn't say new. Let's say an old face back on the screen. Shane McMahon coming down, and uh, Shane McMahon announcing the Eliminator match that will be going down and who was going to be in it. So pretty interesting for Shane to come back and kind of. To me, it's, it, I felt like he overstepped Adam Pierce, told him what was going to happen, here's how it's going to happen, and here's who's in it. And uh, that's how the show started. After that, we had a couple few ma- good matches in there here mixed in. Starting the night out with a banger, and you know I'm really on how you start the show out. You know, we started out SmackDown with Dominic and Barrett Corbin. Raw, we got AJ Styles taking on Jeff Hardy. I know we've seen this. It's the same song, same book, whatever. But this was a good opener, in my opinion. And, and uh, you know, Osmo or whatever that big, tall guy's name is, he did not interfere. You know, this was a straight match. Uh, they showcased a little bit of their talent. Hardy looked a little bit behind, in my opinion. But yet, AJ Styles coming out on top, it, it was just a good opener for a way to start a three-hour show especially you know you're trying to keep people's attention if they're flipping in tuning in right then and there after that we had the new day taking on t-bum and jack nuts just i don't even need to explain that the i'm so sick of it but anyhow new day got the win yada 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 after that we had lacey evans and that storyline with charlotte going on you know and charlotte's kind of upset at her father and all that good stuff rick not really caring he's trying to trump his own daughter with Lacey Evans, so to speak. And uh, she gets the DQ win on this night with uh, basically Rick, you know, running interference still. They had a little confrontation afterwards. The issues still were at bay, and things are not getting any better at the Flair uh, home, it seems. So we'll see what happens with this. I feel like this is going to be a one-on-one kind of stipulation match here in WrestleMania with Rick somehow involved in the uh, stipulation. Let me know what you guys think out there in E's and B's land. You're listening to the best breakfast in wrestling sports podcast on Friday mornings, the E's and B's podcast. Here we are on the sunny side up. We're running down some of the wrestling that went down this last week, folks, right here on the Raw 
After Lacey Evans and Charlotte, we had Damian Priest making another appearance appearance on Raw and uh, coming to ringside with the uh, famous Bunny. I'm not too sure about that guy. I don't know enough about him, but he is, you know, making his what third appearance since Royal Rumble and having the storyline with uh, Miz and Morrison as they accompanied Angel Garza to the ring. Uh, Damian Priest getting the win, and I'm just not a fan of the storyline. I'm kind of burnt out on the Miz and Morrison stuff, so I like Angel Garza, and I'm not too sure where he fits in with those two guys, but we'll see what they got in store for the future. After that, we had another great match, folks. It was Keith Lee getting a huge win over Matt Riddle. You know, this was a great match, and I think that should be the end of those two, in my opinion. Um, I know they're force feeding us with Matt Riddle a lot, and I feel like Matt Riddle has topped out in my opinion, but we'll see where they go with Keith Lee. I know he's been getting a lot of work in, so we'll keep our eye on that. We had Lana after that, the most viral match of the week in my opinion. That's right, Lana got a huge tables win over Nia Jax, but what everybody online and everywhere on the social media outlets has been talking about all week long is, well, it's not mine, but it was her hole as uh, Nia Jax went for a leg drop on the apron, missed, and uh, if you haven't seen it by now, then you're sleeping under a rock, folks. That's all I gotta say. It's a pretty funny thing. I know there's gonna be a lot more to come from this, and uh, we'll see... If she has any kind of protection on her uh, butt going forward. so After that, we had Naomi, who was there at ringside helping out with uh, Lana. As well as Shayna Baszler, of course, being there with her old teammate, Nia Jax. Well, it was just like, you two wrestle, then these two wrestle. And this has happened a lot here recently on Raw, if you have not been paying any attention. And I'm kind of getting burnt out on this. And I, I'm not sure if they're just filling those three hours with these sorry storylines or... If this is really how they're writing it. But uh, Naomi gets a big win over Shayna Baszler. Naomi looking good going forward. We'll see what they got going on for uh, WrestleMania. It just seems like all these people that are popping up here recently, they're just filling in spots to get a short storyline run towards WrestleMania. And that's my opinion. But uh, anyhow, after that, we had the main event of the evening. It was Randy Orton taking on Drew McIntyre. I know, folks, you've never seen this before, right? First time we've ever heard these two combined. No, I'm just kidding. This was the same old, same old. Uh, obviously, this night, though, Randy Orton getting the win via disqualification because old Drew McIntyre's 20-year-old friend, Sheamus, sticking his nose in for the second or third week in a row. I can't remember losing track here on that storyline because I'm, I'm just burnt out on that one as well. Obviously, I'm burnt out a lot on Raw if you uh, really uh, look back at it. But anyhow, this was an okay match until the end. Obviously, Sheamus, you know, sticking his nose in where it don't belong. Costing Randy Orton another match. Obviously, he got the DQ win, but that's not obviously what he was going for. So we'll see if those three uh, maybe go at it a little bit harder. As we all know, they'll be in the Eliminator coming up uh, along with a few others. We'll talk about that here in the next week or so. After that, folks, we'll jump into Tuesday night. It was Impact, and it's the go-home show for No Surrender. It wasn't a bad one. Uh, You know, they kind of showcased a little bit of what we might see tomorrow night for No Surrender. And, and honestly, it wasn't that bad of a show. Short, sweet, a little, little crap in the middle like normal, but all in all, not bad. 
They started the night out, obviously, with a huge, huge fight. We had an eight-man tag. Trey Miguel, Willie Mack, Suicide, and Josh Alexander getting the win over Blake Christian, Davari, Ace Austin. But anyhow, this match was a okay match. I'm not a fan of the eight-man, six-man stuff. You know that if you listen to my show, but... What I want to note on this one is just how Trey Miguel has progressed since he's came back to Impact. They've really shined the light on him. Obviously, he's dyed his hair blonde. I know that doesn't make any difference other than the fact that, uh, you know, he's kind of looking more heelish each and each time. And I, I think keep your eye on him as he's got a big match. We'll talk about that coming up in the scrambled section going down tomorrow night. Check it out. After that, they had Kimberly getting a huge win over ODB. Uh, Deanna Peraza obviously at ringside being more of a distraction than anything and costing ODB the match, but these girls are going to get down this weekend as well. We'll talk later about them. After that, we had another DQ win as Nevaeh got a DQ win over Kira Hogan. And honestly, you know, with what was going on on the outside, it was their tag partners on the outside causing the issues. I just wrote in my notes here, why Why wasn't this just a regular tag match? You know, you, you could just showcase all four girls, no reason. I mean, if you're going to have a singles match, then you keep those other two girls in the back. That's just my opinion. You get a little bit more out of it when there's no distractions, even if you're watching at home. That's just how I feel, anyhow. After that, we had the first appearance of Decay's new member, Black Taurus. And yes, if you have not seen this guy, go back and check him out. He's pretty intimidating. I'm not sure about the mask he's wearing, but it's pretty cool. Uh, we, he's well known down in AAA, but or that night he got the win over Caleb with the K. It definitely was a squash match. I think they kind of was a time filler right before the the uh, main event was coming up after this. But uh, I just want to talk a little bit about him. He's a big guy. He's definitely not a lucha libre size of a guy, but he has the ability, it seems, and that's kind of what they were speaking of. So keep your eye out for Black Taurus. We'll see how long he lasts there at uh, Impact or if he doesn't get snatched up here real soon by somewhere else. So after that, we had the main event of the evening, and it was the tag match everybody was waiting for. The Good Brothers taking on James Storm and Chris Sabian. Well, it didn't end how Chris Sabian and James Storm wanted it to. They got the win, but not the belts, as... Matt Hardy and his private party show up and interfere, costing James Storm and Chris Sabian. And now, since they actually attacked them, it's been set up that these three will meet tomorrow night. We'll talk about that and who I'm going to pick in just a minute. And that was the end of the evening there on Impact. But before they went home, they made sure they gave us a little bit more of Tommy Dreamer, Rich Swan. Tommy Dreamer, of course, his birthday tomorrow, and he's going to be going for the big belt. I'll tell you who I'm picking in just a little bit in the scrambled eggs. But as we keep the wrestling rolling, let's jump into Wednesday night NXT. And this was the last stop, like I said earlier, before this Sunday's TakeOver Vengeance Style. And it was the uh, semifinals for some of the Dusty Classic matches. That's how this night started out as MSK getting a huge win moving on to the finals. And let me just say, MSK has walked right through everybody so far that's been put up in front of them. And they've also been very impressive, in my opinion. So I think that them going into the finals on Sunday will be good to see if they get a belt, you know, right in the right, right out of the gate, I should say, as they haven't been there but just a month or so. And they're they're really uh, getting over quick. After that, we had Xavier Lee 
and her, you know, crazy little group that she comes to the ring with. Uh, this was just a quick squash match against Cora J, but, you know, it was what went on after. If you haven't seen, go back and check it out. You know, this is just a different style. Some people are intrigued on this stuff. I'm not sure where I'm at. I'm on the fence right now about it, but I've been saying this for a while. Lee needs a better match than what they're giving her uh, for me to be more impressed. And I want to see uh, something like Shotzi Blackheart or something in the future. We'll see what they got going on. But after that, speaking of Shotzi Blackheart, her and Amber Moon getting a huge win in the women's Dusty Classic over Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. You know, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae was actually kind of predicting themselves in the finals already and, you know, they lose here to Blackheart and Amber Moon as they will be moving to the finals. We'll see how that goes down on Sunday. After that, we had Kushida getting a DQ win over Austin Theory. Obviously, Johnny Gargano, or Johnny Sameface as some people call him, sticks his nose in. This storyline is building a little bit, as we know now. Kushida and Johnny Sameface will f throw it down on Sunday. That should be a good match, guys, because that's a good good size matchup in my opinion talent matchup it'll be a, a decent match we'll, we'll keep a close close look on that one after that back to the dusty classic it was the other semi-finals for the men's as the grizzle young vets getting the huge win over thatcher and champa which i predicted to be in the finals at the beginning of this thing i was kind of shocked that they gave it to the grizzle young vets but that all set up an interesting event going on Sunday. Uh after that, that was the main excuse me, that was the main event, folks. But I just note here in my notes, you know, this consistently has been a bland show for the last couple weeks. Been solid, but not over the top, in my opinion. I wanna know what you guys think of the NXT, where they should be going, and it's been brought up to my attention, you know, here recently on some other shows like we're just keeping an eye on these guys. This is like college football that we're watching and these guys are fixing to move up to the big leagues. So they're not. We know they're not going to be here very long. But some of these guys, you know, when are they? Or when are they going to move up? When are they going to cash out their fifth year senior cards? Because some of these guys, I think that they haven't gotten no better, and they they've shown us the same match over and over. It's time to go. But uh, that will, will wrap up the NXT show for this last Wednesday. We'll keep it moving into what was. AEW Dynamite Wednesday night and you know everybody anticipating the long awaited arrival match of Kenta who we saw last week popping in throwing his move up down on, on Moxley at the end of the show they started the night out with a bang folks Darby Allen versus Joey Janela for the TNT championship and you know I'm gonna say this Joey Janela is not very well liked in the E's and B's household, you know, not hated. I'm just saying he's not a favorite. But I will say that uh, after watching that that opener, I, I'll give him a little bit more props than he deserves because he really has pulled it back together. He put on a good show with Darby Allen, obviously not getting the win. And I've noted here that, you know, last week, Team Taz did say they were going to have something to do with this match, and they were nowhere to be found. Even the commentators spoke about it. We didn't see him, so it was kind of interesting to be on edge waiting on Team Taz to show it never happened. But this match, like I said, give props to Joey Janela, even though he did not come out with the win. It was a decent run for him. After that, we had a little skit, and the only reason why I'm talking about this is because it's something that I've been predicting for a while. 
But uh, it had Sammy Guevara in the back with MJF and Inner Circle. Well, he made Inner Circle leave all but MJF, and we all knew what was going to happen next. And it basically broke down to he is sick of MJF, and MJF was trying to catch him, set him up, recording the phone, all kinds of crazy silliness going on. But in the end, Sammy punching MJF right in the gut, MJF going down, left us kind of on edge for a second on what was going to happen next because we knew that MJF and Chris Jericho has a match this evening, and you know you could just read it on Sammy's face. He's over it, so it was interesting to see that. They moved right into Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson getting a huge win over Peter Avalon and Cesar. Now, let me talk about Cesar. Cesar, a newcomer. Really, I've only seen him once on Dark and then the next night, which would be Wednesday night right here on Dynamite, and I'm very impressed with this this big lad. He's uh, definitely green, but he's he's definitely worked uh, somewhere else. I'm not too sure about his history and stuff like that. They haven't spoke much about him other than he's just helping us. Or maybe the bodyguard of Peter Avalon right now. But this match, they started it out and they made a note to run to the crowd and introduce the the fans at home to Brock Anderson, which would be Arn Anderson's son. Now, I've been listening to a lot of Arn Anderson's podcast and Conrad and everybody. And, and he's been brought up by Arn Anderson. Arn himself, speaking of how ready he is. And it just uh, made me instantly think, are, are we fixing to see another Anderson on the TNT network? And, I, and it also brought up the Four Horsemen. What do you guys think out there? If you saw that, what do you, are you thinking the same way I am? Or are we just kind of getting a little splash in the pan of, hey, that's Arn's boy and he might be around in the future? I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But I would love to see it, you know happen where he comes into AEW and makes a big splash and and looks because he looks like his daddy I hope he can wrestle like his daddy anyhow after this match what they noted was Tony Schiavone to tell Lee Johnson congratulations on his first win ever in AEW and uh, Lee Johnson made a note to thank the Nightmare family for you know pretty much getting him in that position but I noted he never mentioned QT's name and in the background you notice QT Marshall kind of giving the dirty stare and uh, we'll see what that happen or what happens with them guys going on in the future. But I, I think that that's the beginning of a story of maybe QT Marshall leaving the Nightmare Factory. You heard it first here on the E's and P's. If it does, that's for sure. Let me know what you guys think. But anyhow, decent match for a couple of no names and a Peter Avalon who's a buck fifteen soaking wet. Anyhow, after that, they had another decent match. It was Pac getting a huge win over the Hollywood hunk, Ryan Namath, which we all know is Dolph Ziggler's brother. You know, he's looking good. Two weeks in a row, we've seen him on, on Wednesday Night Dynamite. And, you know, with Pac, he just, he's unbelievable. His finisher is something else. And, you know, to, to kind of hold his own with Pac, it was pretty impressive to see uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother on Wednesday night, but uh, Pat coming out on top, and obviously Ray Phoenix by his side there at the end. Can't wait to see what uh, they got in store for him here shortly in the future. After that, we had the tag match I was just talking about here a few minutes ago. It was MJF and Jericho taking on the claimed. These guys have had a lot of feuding going back and forth, not only here on TNT, but on the Twitter Twitter handle. You know, the acclaim, obviously, they, they're known for making... Uh, freestyle raps on who they're wrestling and on this night you know they obviously made a pretty decent one 
But what the match started out with was with MJF having his ribs taped as if he was ran over by a golf cart, so to say. Um, blaming it all on Sammy, trying to get Chris Jericho on his side. Jericho, obviously very confused, had no clue what the issue was. But uh, the match started off hot, ended hot. It was a good match between these two teams. MJF and Jericho getting the win, but what the story is, what happened afterwards, and that's Sammy's music hitting hitting the speakers, and as he comes out, you could just tell. Something wasn't right, and uh, he came to to front and center with with Chris Jericho and let him know. You remember him telling telling him one more thing happens between him and MJF. He was out. Well, he wasn't lying, folks. Sammy is no longer in the inner circle. My daughter's devastated. I know that uh, all you inner circle fans are devastated, but I predicted this. I think. This not only will start a great singles run for Sammy, but also if you did not notice when he left the ring, he didn't go down the hills tunnel. He went down the face tunnel. So I think we're going to see a new side of Sammy coming very, very soon. I can't wait. After that, they jumped right into another little promo as Tony Schiavone was supposed to be having a conversation with Sting. But after the snow fell... Taz appeared on the screen in a vehicle, said he needed Sting's attention as in a body bag directly behind the vehicle was a knocked out Darby Allen and Cage and Stark zipped it up and off they went and Sting immediately leaving the stage in a ring area and running to the back. So we'll keep our eyes on that as we know they, they are set for a street fight at Revolution, but... Is Darby going to make it to Revolution? I don't know with the way Team Taz has been acting here recently. After that, we had the co-main event of the evening, and it was Thunder Rosa in the first round of the AEW's number one contenders women's tournament. She got the huge win over legit Lilea Hirsch. It was a great match. Lilea Hirsch is, you know, a littler girl, but, man, she can go. She is uh, pound for pound for her size. One of the betters, if you know what I mean. Anyhow, Thunder Rosa getting the big win. Moving on to the second round. We'll keep our eye out and see who she's got going up next in the second round. I can't wait. i got a good feeling she's going to go pretty far in that in that tournament. Maybe all the way. Who knows? We'll see. But it was the main event of the evening. What everybody was waiting for. No DQs. Falls count anywhere. The long-awaited arrival of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Kenta teaming up with Kenny Omega. Well, they got the huge win over John Moxley and Lance Archer on this night. And let me just say, this thing started out hot and heavy. You know, I knew it would just because it was right up John Moxley's alley, Lance Archer's alley, in a uh, no disqualifications falls count anywhere. Uh, Kenta, I wasn't too sure because I haven't seen him much of this style of him, but uh, he he fell right in line. This match, you know, went everywhere in the building, all the way back to the kitchen. As far as Lance Archer using potatoes, John Moxie potatoing somebody, it was just a mess. But all in all, a great match. I think in the end, before the Good Brothers stuck their nose in to help out, I seen a little bit of blow up on Kenta. I'm not sure if he was just wore out from. You know, walking from the front to back of this building in a, you know, a wild match. But all in all, great match. As things come to an end, the Good Brothers come out to give a helping hand. And John Moxley 
actually pulls out a uh, barbed wire bat, gives a couple hits, but in the end, the Good Brothers helping out Kenny Omega and giving the one-winged angel to Lance Archer, which was pretty crazy sight to see. The one, two, three, and they're moving on, but... Noted here in my notes, this feud's not over. I'm not sure about Kenta, if that's the last time we're going to see him in AEW or not. But I do know this, Lance Archer and Kenny Omega is definitely on the horizon. So keep your eyes out for that. That's all I got here on the sunny side up. Stay tuned, I'm going to jump right into the meat as we're going to go racing, baby. Can't wait. You're listening to the E's and B's Podcast. It's time for the meet. That's right. This week on the meet, we obviously don't have a guest with us, but we do got some cool things to talk about. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it's wrestling and racing this week, and going down Sunday is obviously the Daytona 500. But before we jump into all the NASCAR talk, let's dive into what else is going on in Florida, and it's the World Series of Asphalt. And if you're not very familiar with it, check it out. Go online, look it up at New Samira Speedway. This goes down every year at Speed Weeks. Obviously, we've been talking about that a lot here on the E's and B's podcast as Showtime Speedway's got a lot of stuff going on with late model races and obviously the big, huge figure eight race going down in a week from now. They got another figure eight race, folks, going down this Saturday at Arbondale Speedway there in Florida, and obviously a lot of people traveling from north to south to get their season started. A lot of people from Indiana, Michigan, Kentucky, nobody from California that I know that I heard of yet, but uh, going down to race with the Florida boys, and if you're coming down, I'm pretty sure they're staying for both weeks, so that should be some great action to check out if you're in the Florida area, while obviously all the other racing going on all month long there has been happening. But let's talk about the World Series of Asphalt. Nine nights of racing at New Samira Speedway. And uh, a little bit of every division. If you're an asphalt driver, a who's who of asphalt racing and late models, you're here. People like Pollard, Nassie, Majetsky. Um, there's a lot of good names there. Griffith, Smith. But anyhow, also on top of just the late models, the modifieds, the sportsmen's, the, everybody's there. They put on an amazing show. In this weekend, as Saturday will be the last of the nine nights, I've got winners from all the big shows, the big main event, or the big features each week here. I'll run down those. But there's also a few bad things that have been attached, unfortunately, with what's been going on. At New Samira this week. And if you haven't seen the racing news at the beginning of the week, then, like I said earlier, you're living somewhere under a rock or something. But unfortunately, they had an issue that went down just this last weekend at the track when things kicked off last Friday, obviously running through tomorrow night. There was a couple groups in the sportsman division, Green and Kruzak, and they obviously are some top runners, folks. They... They've got to be, if you're there, obviously, Cruzak's from New Hampshire, green out of Orlando, so kind of a local track for him. But they had some run-ins two nights in a row, and after the Saturday night run-in, things come to a head. 
They both got disqualified for actions that went down after the race, but what happened outside the track was the story that hit all the news sources everywhere there in Florida, and it was a huge, and I'm talking huge, folks, eyewitnesses on the scene to say 40-plus people in a brawl between the two teams, guys, went down outside turn three about 12.24 a.m. Saturday or Sunday morning, whatever you want to say. The uh, cops received some calls about this brawl, and there was a crew member on site, a track official that was there, and it was noted that he comes showing up in a front loader to try to help separate the situation. Unfortunately for him, things didn't end too well. He got uh, probably pushed around. I haven't seen any video of this. I'm sure that it'll come out eventually as you know the investigation is ongoing as I'm speaking right now. But all we do know is, unfortunately, Rusty Cruz, a track official member, passed away after the incident on Saturday night into Sunday morning. The story and eyewitnesses are putting him there with people punching him as he fell and also people saying that he was just trying to separate the, the two parties. They do say they noted he went back and fell on unconsciously onto his front loader. Uh, he was then rushed to the hospital and pronounced dead, unfortunately, on Sunday morning. But the stories are, you know, going to come out when you have that many people, folks. It's it's tough to get the truth. But I know, you know, this day and age, there's going to be a video. And, and eventually, we're going to get to the bottom of this. I know that they are saying that it was cardiac arrest related, possibly, as well. I'm not sure on how old the gentleman was at the time, but either way you look at it, and this is my opinion, there's going to be fights at a racetrack, we get it. But when you're you're at one of the largest events to kick off the year, and like I said earlier, the who's who are, are all here, you're, it's something's going to happen. And I'm, you know, when, when the heat of the battle, the, the heat of the moment, the, you know, you're trying to win the race to advance or whatever it may be, you know, accidents happen, and unfortunately fights happen too in the racing world, and... This one just got a little more out of hand than it should have, in my opinion. I just want to know why each team had 20 people per team in the first place, especially when you have this many cars at this track for a nine-day experience. I don't think you need 20 people per team. That's just my opinion. But uh, we'll get we'll get more into this as things come out. Unfortunate news, like I said, at New Samira Speedway. But let's jump into what some of the good news is, and that's some of the winners that went down in this nine-day span. Uh, starting out with uh, the first winner on the first night, number 74 in the late models. It was Ryan Moore picking up the win on the first night. The second night, number 12, Derek Griffith. And as I spoke of him, he's a big hitter out there in the super late model land. After this uh, third night, Sammy Smith pulling out the win in the number 22 car. Another big name. He's also in the truck series, folks. If you guys uh, are big racing fans, don't forget the truck race going down in Daytona tonight, guys. It's going to be a wreck fest. It always is. Don't miss it. That's the best part of it, my wife says, anyhow. Uh, after Sammy, we had Craig Lutz in the number 46 in the Modified Series pulling it off on the 8th. Uh, on the 9th, Derek Griffiths coming back again, folks, in the number 12, getting two wins at New Samira in nine nights. Pretty impressive. Uh, then we had number uh, number 36, Dan Fredrickson, pulling out the win on Wednesday night 
Thursday night, we had we had coming over. After he got done qualifying, he not only came over and won a race, but Ryan Pierce getting a win in number six modified. We don't know who's going to win tonight or tomorrow, but we're going to keep an eye on it. We'll let you know next week who the big winners are for the weekend to wrap up the World Series of Asphalt Racing at New Samira Speedway. Good luck to all those competitors. I know I'm going to keep my eye on it as I'm revved up, ready for this race season. I'm so excited. I can't wait for things to warm up out here so we can go check it some check out some things live. I'll be doing some podcasting live this year from the racetrack here in Colorado. It's going to be great, so make sure you stay tuned for that. It's going to be amazing. Also, just noted, uh, like I said, short track racing going down elsewhere in Florida tonight or this weekend at Arbondale Speedway, the figure eight madness. And then, like I said, next weekend, Showtime Speedway, the world finals figure eight where it's going to be a good one. I, I, a lot of money up for stake and a lot of drivers, you know, claiming claiming they've got the baddest ride this year. We can't wait to see. I'm going to try to squeeze one of those race car drivers on maybe next week. Keep my fingers crossed. If you're listening out there and you want to be on this podcast next week, talk about your figure eight race going down. Give me a shout here at easeandbeespodcastgmail.com. Like I said, we got NASCAR going down on Sunday, folks, and I'm super excited. Everybody here has made their picks. We'll we'll talk about our picks coming up next in the Scrambled Egg segment, but we're just going to run down what's happened since Monday in the NASCAR world. Kyle Busch got the huge win on Tuesday at the Clash when this year they changed it up. It was the road course, and we thought we would see some action and boy, did we ever. As Ryan Blaney, uh, I think he had the car to beat, even though starting from the tail, Chase Elliott chased him down, and on the last lap, last turn, last corner, whatever you may call it, he took out his best friend, and there sat Kyle Busch, waiting in the helm to get the win. Well, it was <laughs> it was a wild race, different to see. I'm not sure if people were a fan of seeing the clash on the road course, if they'd rather it be... On the uh, Oval, I know Dell Jr. spoke on his uh, podcast how he just thinks it should be pool winners only. You know, if there's only eight pool winners of the year, then it's only eight people. And it's, the you know, a race for pool winners only. Not past winners and all the yada yada and all the extra entries y'all get. But that's that was what uh, his thoughts were. Uh, then we had qualifying that went down. And folks, for two out of four years... Alex Bowman, now in the number 48 car, not the 88. He switched over to the 48. They've put the 88 on the shelf. Brought out the 5 car for Larson, if you haven't noticed that yet, folks. Go back and check that out. That's going to be a a great pickup for the Hendrick squad, in my opinion. I can't wait to see Kyle Larson, especially when we go to Bristol on dirt. But Alex Bowman pulls the pull position for Sunday's race. And his buddy, his teammate, the number 24, William Byron, gets the second starting spot. So for the second time, like I said, Alex Bowman gets his Daytona pull. And for the second time, William Byron gets a second position starting. The funny part is, the other two years is William Byron was on the pull and Alex Bowman started second. So these guys got something down pat for qualifying, in my opinion. But uh, we can't wait. There was great racing on Thursday with the dual races. 
setting up what's going to be happening this Sunday, Daytona 500. Like I said, stay tuned. We're going to hop right into it here on the Scrambled Eggs segment. Coming up, you're listening to the E's and B's podcast. Folks, it's time to scramble some eggs. Let's make some predictions. Let's get your thoughts and our thoughts on what's going down this weekend. Like we've been talking about here on the meat segment, it's the Daytona 500 going down Sunday. I can't wait. Valentine's Day, like I said earlier, folks, if you ain't got your gift, boy, you better get out there and get it now. There ain't going to be much left, that's for sure. Anyhow, what's happening is the world's largest race going on Sunday, and I'm going to make my prediction, and I'm going to pull a safe bet here, folks, a safe gamble. Some people might say not safe. It's actually picking the favorite, but the number 11, FedEx, Toyota, and Denny Hamlin, that's right. That's who I'm taking on Sunday. He's just unbeatable there, in my opinion. I watched him on the dual races hang back. He went from the back to the front, front to the back a couple times. He actually, I think, had the faster car, so we'll see how he does on Sunday. I think if he stays out of trouble, I'll be okay. Now, I do want to note here, if he does wreck, I got a side pick, and that's a backup pick. I'll be putting a little extra money on the number eight, Tyler Reddick, because I think this kid has a lot more courage than a lot of people think, and he's going to go for it from the beginning, and he'll be there at the end as long as he keeps his car clean, that's for sure. Hey, also, don't forget, folks, if you haven't seen our Daytona 500 t-shirt giveaway Lauren and I did, it's on our YouTube channel. Go check it out. You guys got until tomorrow, that's right, you got until Saturday to pick a driver. If your driver wins the race, hey, you get a free E's and B's t-shirt of your choice, your size, or I got a couple wrestling shirts if you want to choose from those two, folks. So let us know. Make sure you get in there once all 440 spots are all. Excuse me. Once all 40 spots are filled up, that's where we're gonna cap it. Because obviously you can't. I can't be giving out duplicate winners, especially if everybody's gonna pick the same car. So make sure you go check that out on our YouTube channel, or go to easeandbees.org, and that'll direct you to everything you need to get on your breakfast E's and B's menu. Keeping things rolling here on this scrambled. Let's make some predictions for impacts. No surrender going down tomorrow night. Starting off with, I'm choosing Rosemary, Crazy Steve, and as I spoke earlier, the Black Taurus will make his second debut. They'll be getting the win over Tonelli Dashwood and Triple XL. After that, I'm going with Kimber, Susan, Deanna, Peraza, getting a six women's tag win over Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB. Then we got a huge match between Jake something and the Diener family, or should we say Eric Young's crew. I'm going to take Eric Young and his crew getting the win over Jake something. After that, we have the women's knockout tag championship going on, folks. And I think it's going to stay right where it belongs, and that's with Fire and Flavor, Kira Hogan, and Tasha Steeles. I think they'll get the win over Havoc and Nevea. Then we have a triple threat, and it's for the number one contender. And it's not really a triple threat, because there's about eight people in this match. But I will take Trey Miguel in the number one contenders match for the X Division Championship. I think, like I said earlier, he's just on a roll right now, and a heel... 
a hill angle, I think, in his future. And this, what, what's not a better way to start it out than being the number one contender for the X Division, in my opinion. After that, we got a tag match of some friends and mixed friends. It's Eddie Edwards and Matt Cordona taking on Brian Myers and Hernandez. I'm obviously going to take always ready Matt Cardona and Eddie Edwards. I just think they're the better team, in my opinion. After that, we got the X title championship going down. TJP taking on Raju Rahu. I'm going to have to take TJP as he's been on fire lately, and I just don't think this storyline goes much further than No Surrender. After that, it's the co-main event of the evening. It's the birthday boy, Tommy Dreamer. That's right, the big 5-0. And he's getting a championship title shot on his birthday. Unfortunately for you, Tommy, I'm going to have to go with Rich Swan. I, I don't think there's a storyline that holds Tommy Dreamer with the championship in 2021. Well, good luck to you, and happy birthday from he us here at E's and B's, Mr. Dreamer. After that, it's the main event of the evening, the match that we've been building for for weeks. Originally, it was supposed to be the Good Brothers taking on Hardy and Private Party, but now it's a triple threat tag match for the, T the Impact Tag Team Championship. And I'm going to have to go with the Good Brothers holding the title... Not letting it go as they get the win over James Storm, Chris Sabian, and Private Party. Folks, that's the No Surrender card, so make sure you guys keep your eyes out on that tomorrow night going down. Well, let's keep some predictions rolling as we jump right into the NXT TakeOver Vengeance. They're going to have uh, the finals of the Dusty Classic, obviously for the men's and women's. Um, in the men's, it's MSK taking on the Grizzle Young Vets. I think I'm going to have to stake, or excuse me, I'm going to have to take MSK. I think, you know, this would be a good storyline. Not really been done before, but, you know, to see a new coming group come right in, take over, eh, not a bad storyline. We'll see what happens. Uh, after that, they got Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart taking on Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai for the Women's Dusty Classic. I'm going to have to go with Raquel and Dakota Kai getting the, the Women's Dusty Classic win, that's for sure. After that, we got what I spoke about earlier. It's Johnny Sameface taking on Kushida for the North American Championship. This, my friends, unbelievably not will be a probably match of the night, in my opinion. And that's even over Finn Balor, Pete Dunne. But I'm going to have to go with Johnny Gargano. He's got too many people on his side. He'll hold the title and move forward after the victory of Kushida. After that, the co-main event of the evening, we got the Women's NXT Championship on the line. And it's a triple threat match between Io Shirai, Tori Storm, or excuse me, Tony Storm, and Mercedes Martinez. And I think Io is going to hold on to this, but it's going to be a banger. And I think Martinez gives her a run for her money. I don't think she's ready for the belt just yet, but we'll see. Who knows? I could be wrong. After that, the main event, like I just spoke about, it's Finn Balor putting his belt up against the Pete Dunne. And I think they might actually give it to Pete Dunne, but I'm going to go with Finn Balor just in case, because I think... The storyline with Pete Dunne would be short-lived, in my opinion, if he won. But that's the NXT Vengeance Takeover predictions, folks. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know who you guys got. And like I said, don't forget to check out the Daytona 500 giveaway video we got on our 
YouTube channel as you have a chance to win a free t-shirt from us here at E's and B's. That's going to be all I got for the scramble. Stay tuned as I'm going to bring in Lauren. We're going to get down. We're going to get the jam, the jelly, the butter, the cinnamon. It's time to spread it. That's right, folks. It's time for the toast. Welcome to the toast, and I'd like to welcome in Lauren. How's it going today, Lauren? Good. It's going good. Happy Friday. Cold Friday. That's a little cold Friday. Mm -hmm. Two days before Valentine's Day. Two days before the biggest race, as you know. I've been talking about it all week here. Yep, sure have. But let me give you a little fact for the day, Lauren, before we get going here on our shout-outs, your numbers, and what's coming up next on the E's and B's podcast. Hey, on this day in 1942... The uh, Chicago Cubs dropped plans to drop or to play night games at Kaminsky Park, where the uh, White Sox used to play. Uh, the Cubs had earlier planned to host night games for the first time at Wrigley Field in '42, and lighting equipment had been delivered to the ballpark. But the team owner P.K. Wrigley donated the equipment to the war effort after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th and '41. Lights did not get installed, Lauren. Get this. Until 1988 at Wrigley Field. How crazy is that? 46 years it took for them to get night games there for the Cubs. I guess the they weren't under contract to get it done in any certain amount of time then, huh? Yeah, definitely no hurry, that's for sure. Not but hey, let's get things rolling here on the toast as our weekly shout-outs go like this. Shout-out to Rocky Mountain Pro. Big things coming up next week. Stay tuned on Twitch as they got a bunch of tapings going down for their charge tapings. Also, a special guest, if you haven't heard, make sure you check it out. Go to their Twitch, see what they got in store. It's going to be great. Shout-out to Matt Yaden. Shout-out to Scotty Long. Can't wait to catch up with you guys here shortly. Shout-out to Helzer Vintage Clothing and Jewelry, Jake and Joe. Make sure you guys check them out. Tell them Eddie B sent you. Shout-out to my boy Remy D. Dustin Urich. Hey, a big shout-out to the Frankton Lady Eagles as they uh, get a last-second sectional win big win girls glad to see that shout out to my boy brian ashton if you haven't noticed folks me and my buddy are going over the monday night wars on what we call on the youtube channel e's and b's brunch as uh, we just go back week by week go over each episode give our thoughts all kinds of cool stuff have a little fun with it if you got a little extra time make sure you go to our youtube channel and check that out shout out to ovw Big shout out to our girl Lauren, the new OVW women's champion. Big thanks for her. So excited. Hollywood, Haley J. That's right. <laughs> That's Hollywood, Haley J, the big winner. Yeah. OVW women's champion. So proud of her. We're going to give her big props here on the E's and B's channel. Always can't wait to have her back on to talk about that here in the future. So. Make sure if you haven't seen that big old win that she got, go back and check it out on OVW.com. And check out our interview with her about a month ago. Absolutely, absolutely. And the last couple I got here, make sure you guys check it out. But shout out to Showtime Speedway next weekend, the World Figure 8 Finals. And like I talked about on the meet segment, the World Series of Asphalt. It's been going on for, uh, what, let's see, eight days. Tomorrow we'll make nine. Make sure you check them out. Shout out to those guys. Hey, what do we got coming up, Lauren? Uh, we have... 
That's right. Da da. My murder mysteries number two is coming out this weekend. Can't wait. Special episode. If you didn't check out the first one, go back check that out. As special guest Lilith Grimm from Rocky Mountain Pro did a little murder mysteries with Lauren as they discussed the death over Dino Bravo. This time, Mm -hmm. Lauren's got something, somebody else up her sleeve. So if you haven't checked out the first one, check out the first one. The second one will be dropping tomorrow night, folks. Murder Mysteries number two with Lauren. Maybe some special guests. Maybe not. You'll have to check it out yourself. Yeah, also, don't forget to check out our YouTube page as we Lauren and I did a Daytona 500 t-shirt giveaway. All you got to do, folks, you have till tomorrow, pick your driver. Your driver wins the race. You get a free shirt from us here at E's and B's. Also, like I said, don't, don't forget me and Brian got some more Monday Night Wars action on the E's and B's brunch coming up here in the end of February going into March. So keep your eye out for that. Also, keep your eye out, like I said, going down next weekend. Rocky Mountain Pro got some charge tapings. It's going to be a banger. Special guest. Uh, I won't give it. And also, don't forget, we'll talk about the Figure 8 World Finals next week. Can't wait. Well, Lauren, that's all I've got for right now. How about you? Yeah, um, moving uh, straight into our numbers. Uh, starting at number 10 this week is uh, Philly. Philly! Number 9 is Berlin, Germany. Uh, 8 is Anderson, Indiana. Seven. Hey, town! SD, California. 6 is Washington, Virginia. 5 is Cliché, France. Cliché, France! Number four is Sioux City, Iowa. Sioux City. Making a big jump this week. At number three is San Jose. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Uh, Flip-flopping from last week. Uh, Number two is Fort Collins. Number one is Denver. Thank you, Colorado listeners. And thank you all listeners out there for listening to us every week. Worldwide. We got the best wrestling and sports breakfast podcast every Friday going down. It's the E's and B's podcast. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a family member. Lauren, tell somebody. Tell somebody. You can find us at easeandbees.org. Find us on Twitter at E's and B's podcast. Shoot us a Gmail at easeandbeespodcast at gmail.com. There's many, many Pass ways the gravy. Spread the us. butter. You heard her. That's right. Hey, be safe this weekend. Make sure you get your special someone something very nice. And keep your eyes out on the biggest race going down on Sunday, the Daytona 500. And until next week, I'm Eddie B. Lauren. And you're listening to the E's and B's podcast. Peace!